Welcome to Turnpikers, the show about the people who make up the Denver and Boulder tech scene. We're your hosts, Luke Beatty and Danny Newman. Information about this show is available at turnpikers.com and at turnpikers on Twitter. All right, welcome to the next episode of Turnpikers. We have our friends Justin Bannon and JP O'Brien in, and these guys have a very different, interesting venture going on, which is an accelerator, a fund, and as much as anything, also based on having a very unique space in Boulder that has a lot of unique personalities working on it. So I will let you guys, why don't you guys introduce yourselves first and then tell us all about this. And then Danny and I will rip you guys apart with some riveting questions. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. So I'm JP O'Brien. You know, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to step back and look at kind of what was important to me. And I, I found myself mentoring companies and teaching at, you know, the university and starting companies. And I realized that for me, I love kind of building things and also um, realized that to build anything great, it's all about the people you bring in and, you know, helping those people kind of unleash what they have. So we built Black Lab Sports kind of on that kind of premise. And, um, you know, when you think about what we did was we basically said, hey, let's combine funding in the sports space with business and uh, and leveraging some of the accelerator models out there, right? But um, doing it in the sports space uh, in Boulder. And so actually uh, we did a little differently. Phase one, we actually started our first company in the space. Um, Instead of just raising a fund and investing in companies right away, we said, hey, let's actually do it, prove it. Uh, We did that and actually that's where I met Justin. um, I don't know, probably about two and a half years ago now, right? Yeah, yeah, you can keep going, man. I'll I'll segue in in a second. All right. You're doing good. (laughs) So in that company, a company called Ice Black, uh, we took to market, and the idea was it's a really simple product. Um, we believed that there was a, a special thing when you bring a team together, that energy when, you know, you're part of that team, like, you know, Broncos fan or a lacrosse player or anything else. And um, and so the company was based around colored eye black. And the nice thing was it was not technical, right? You had to figure out where you're going to manufacture it. You had to figure out how to brand it and how to package it. And then you had to take it to market. And so we did that, and that was kind of phase one. Fast forward, uh, we've been in. So explain to people who don't maybe know what, what iBlack is. is. Yeah. Some of us have used it, and I would imagine the vast majority of people who listen to this podcast have not used iBlack, but they've seen it. Yeah, they've seen it. So <clears throat> iBlack is that grease or that smear, that black stuff that football players and baseball players put underneath their eyes to kind of reduce glare. I think there's actually a little bit of a question of that actually functionally, if it ever works, mm-hmm. but it makes you feel good. It's like tying your sneakers a certain way or your cleats in a certain way, or it's, you know, it's game day. Um, and so, but a lot of the stuff that's out there is really nasty. It's got some bad stuff in it. And so being from Boulder, you know, we wanted to create a healthier version of yeah, that. Yeah, you did. I know. I'm a dad, right? I gotta, I'm not going to put right. it on you my You can't let your nat- kid have like, that on his face. He'll die. Just die. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, the other side of it was like, hey, what if we went after colors? So that's, it's that simple. Um, Especially if you believe in the premise that it doesn't need to be black and that it doesn't actually work in the first place, then you can make it just about any color you want. Our blue and our pink is just as effective as anyone's black. Well said. That's the most definitive thing you've said. That's true. Okay. So you, took, so you guys took that idea, manufactured it, did the go-to-market, yeah. did the marketing. So That's yeah. like super successful now. We see it, it is, all over the place. Yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, we launched Dick's uh, a little over a year ago. And, um, you know, last year we did a million two in retail with them. So, for example. And I think, the, I think 
coming from the technology side, right? So I was a, you know, did a couple of tech startups. People don't realize how hard it is to like actually take a product to market in oh. that in like physical space. It's, CPG. CPG. It's like killer. And doing it, right, we got to see all the things that are broken. Like the trucks don't show up on time. When it's snowing across the mountains, you can't get distribution. The manufacturer can't get the, you know, ingredients on time and uh, all these sort of things, chargebacks and everything in the, kind of in the system. And so really what we went out to do is we wanted to build a platform where we could invite other athletes in and say that have uh, really good businesses and ideas and products and say, hey, we want to take this to market, but we're having a hard time scaling. And a lot of times that scaling part is more about all the logistics part. And so we've built a logistics provider inside of Black Lab Sports where we can then repeat that. So we invite other athletes or those in and around the space to come in, um, to leverage our platform, to grow kind of everything from the branding side, the channel development, uh, and then to use our backbone to actually go to market. Yeah. yeah I mean, just to add on that, just a quick background. Uh, I'm Justin Bannon. I, you know, had a career in the NFL, played 12 years, I retired. I was really you know, left with, you know, what to do next uh, type deal. And, and really, um, it's funny, I, I think it was my neighbor just said, why don't you read Feld's Thoughts? I didn't know who Brad Feld was. So I was like, all right. You know, so I just started reading Feld's Thoughts. And I just, every night I was just scrolling through and scrolling through. I was like, wow. So I got really curious about the tech sector out in Boulder. You know, I was I went to CU, so I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I said, you know, so I you went to CU and you played for the Broncos. Yeah, and your permanent home and, wa- and wine cellar are here. Are here. Got it. This okay. is true. But you've also you also were in Baltimore. Those are the Bills, my first four. The Ravens for four. Uh, Denver, St. Louis, Denver, Detroit. I'm out. And and but Denver's your permanent home. Yeah, yep. I was always trying to work my way back here. So when I got drafted by the Bills, I mean it was like a quest to get back here. So the timing couldn't have been better when the Broncos actually signed back. I mean it was perfect. Yeah. So I was able to put some stakes down, get a house, and, and you know just call it home because I always wanted to make Colorado my home. And um, had you known when you went to school in Boulder, did you have any idea about that side of Boulder? Is that known to athletes? The, the tech side, and, that this tech sort of like side. tech. Startup? No, no, absolutely not. No knowledge whatsoever. None. I think uh, where my wheels really got churning, uh, you know, when I was younger in the league, I just started paying attention to finance and, and money and what's going on with my money, who's handling it, what does it mean? And really, you know, I think a lot of athletes are very scared, if you want to say, like to ask those questions because they don't want to look stupid. And really, I was just sitting there going, I don't know anything. You know, what's going on? So, I think really a defining moment for me is when I went to the Stanford Business School for Entrepreneurship uh, through the NFL. That really impacted me and really kind of tweaked how I looked at a lot of things, and it really fit with me. So it was kind of in there. And then once it was done, I started studying the tech industry. Again, I'm like, I don't know anything about tech. I was like, I have to get in there somehow. So I, my agent had a friend that was an attorney uh, with Cooley Law Firm. I just I want to start meeting every CEO in town. And I started meeting people, and then I get this email across uh, my, my inbox for Iceblack, and I was like, what the hell is this? So I, like, put it in the trash. It's like, I'm looking at tech, you know? So yeah. immediately my agent calls me <laughs> and he goes, you know, I, I think I figured out what you're going to do. You need to meet this guy, J.P. O'Brien. I said, okay. So we sat down, and that's where, you know, he gave me the Iceblack demonstration, but really gave me the big picture on Black Lab Sports and what that was all about. And that's really where I was like, okay, well, here's an area where I can – add some value. I can bring something to the table. But I was also, I wanted to learn. So I wanted to evolve. I wanted to learn. I want to learn everything I can. And 
you know, I, I finally found, you know, you meet enough people in this world, you know, if you got someone cool or not, or someone that can really help you. And I felt like I could do the same in return. So I felt like we had a good partnership starting out. And it kind of went from there. You know, I took the ice black, I got it out to the Broncos. I think Derek Wolf was my, the first guy to ever wear it in the NFL. And I just said, tell me what you think. And he's like, I won't wear anything else. It's the best. So I got it out to like 10 teams that year. And then the following year, Chris Cooper and I got it out to all 32. And, you know, the rest is history. We've kind of gone from there. But, you know, the product speaks for itself. But, you know, really what's cool is is the mindset of taking something, creating a new market with it, understanding the channels, understanding manufacturing, distribution, uh, logistics, what we provide, which I think uh, is a huge piece of the puzzle that's missing for many people. You know, I feel like I, I read a lot of athletes are having they have these funds or syndicates or whatever. Everyone seems to have an accelerator, you know, and, and I frankly I see us as a as the next step after you get done with that, you can come to us and we can help you execute. It seems in my conversations with you in the past that the athlete has, I think, you know, over the last twenty years has gone from sort of being the the athlete spokesperson, that was the role, right? Mm -hmm. Which is right. Like, oh, you're an athlete, you have a brand name. Can you sell uh, rental cars for me? Can you can you do this sort of thing and put yeah. your name behind it? And it seems like athletes are are starting to sort of just sort of move to own the whole food chain, right? Because yeah. they're uh, it's a big enough group, uh, and they they've they've sort of realized why 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 would I why would I market something for somebody else when I could be marketing something an that, equity that, stake that, that market. I have an idea for or yeah. my friends have an idea for or yep. whatever. And so they're sort of, um, you know, understandably just moving up the food chain. Well, I think and, they, I think the younger generation of athletes and athletes today have a much better understanding of their brand. I mean, I didn't know what a brand was when I, when I was playing football, when I started out, you know, I, I was really focused on football. So and unless you were the marquee guy, you know, really in the NFL, you weren't really going to do a ton of endorsement deals. So I think with social media today and the way it's impacted things, a lot of the middle-of-the-road athletes are, are learning how to gather a huge following and really push their own brand. And I think that's changed the game a lot. Um, you, know, you just didn't have that back then. You'd have, you know, you know Tom Brady would be the guy that does this and so-and-so does that. Well, there's a bunch of other people you never heard of, uh, but, you know, they're having long careers in the, in the league. But they simply just aren't going to be the people because you have that helmet and it shields your face. So it's it's much different now than it once was. You definitely come from the startup space and tech and online, mobile, all of that kind of stuff. Are you guys in that space or is it all a lot of product-based uh, approach or mix of all of that? Yeah, so after after we did Ice Black, phase two was actually getting our facility and then raising a little money to, to invest in a couple more companies. And we stayed really focused in the physical space just because we couldn't really compete with other people investing in, you know, the next hottest tech thing, right? Sure. At this point, we were really young. So we, we kind of focused on, hey, companies that had, um, you know, in the athletic space with physical and also had a founder that was, you know, a pro. And so the two companies I like to highlight is like Onyx Sports, uh, founder is Trevor Whitman. So if you're in the MMA world, you recognize his name because he's a 16-time world championship coach. And he, the problem he saw was that all his, train, all his fighters were getting injured before the fights in practice, right, in training. And so he's got a bunch of technology around that. And then the other group uh, is a company called Canice, which actually I think we're rebranding to call Skate. But the company's around basically replicating the unique experience of skating without freezing water. Uh, so there's a whole set of ice platform. And uh, one of the co-founders there is Danny Gare, who is a 14-year NHL vet 
one cup with Gretzky and tired isn't number and all that sort of stuff. So again, kind of replicating that, mo- that model of leveraging people who really understand that space because of the being in there um, and being able to take that product to market also gives us a lot of credibility. One of the interesting things that I think you guys have is a very unique sort of, you know, h- half of the difficulty of having a, a fund and whether you want to call it an accelerator, an incubator, or, or really just a, uh, a, a portfolio now is what's going to be your deal flow, you know? And I think that's where a lot of companies just struggle. I, I think people realize, oh, I, I'm just going to raise a fund, a $50 million fund, and, um, but they don't have any proprietary deal flow, right? It's like, okay, get in the game with everybody else who's investing in semiconductors or media companies or hardware, consumer, packaged goods, whatever else. And it's, you know, you compete, that right? sounds yeah. pretty interesting, but yeah. when you get in there, that's a really busy <laughs> intersection. There are a lot of fucking cars there. Right. And one of the things you guys are doing that I think is super interesting is to say, hey, there is this, there is this very unique group of, 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 of people who have a business interest. They also have, as Justin was saying, a capacity to, to take those to market and the connectivity to take those to market um, because of their background. As somebody who's not super familiar with it, that, that has to be a pretty unique value proposition and, and deal flow, right? I mean, oh, I, is course. anybody else doing that? Well, it's, I, I think people are starting to do that. And, you know, I'm heading up the pro partner network. And so to me, it's, it could be players, coaches, trainers, male, female, it doesn't matter any sport. It's about the right people. I mean, we have a no asshole policy, so I, I don't need the cancer in the house that's going to just ruin everything. And there's, uh, you know, really, I see this in different phases because of where we're at in our, in our company, but really it's about building that network initially, you know, um, on an A phase and a B phase. It's really about getting the athletes to engage in the facility. Uh, but Boulder, to a lot of athletes, is, is a far off place, you know. So it's a different type of athlete that's coming in there. We're going to get more Olympians, more cyclists rock climbers, it's, it's different. So, you know, eventually, the, you know, the, our vision would be, I'd like to have one down south. It's more more tailor-made for the team retired sports. professional athlete or the current athlete, team sports, and really make it a place where, you know, A, it's mind, body, soul. An athlete can train, they can heal. Uh, we got our, you know, physical therapy company in Boulder. I, I love the model we have, the same model. But, but uh, B, the C part would be, you know, and it really comes down to the person, you know, do you want to learn about business or not? You can be as gauged as much as you want or don't want to be. But I really want to create a world where the athlete, when they retire, they have another avenue to kick the tires on and another place to go where they still have some type of camaraderie, some type of club, and an atmosphere where you can still train, but you can engage and really start tweaking your mind a little and, and really working on your next phase in life because it takes time and it's it's no joke when you, when you're done with something you've done your whole life, it is a process and it's a long process. So really that's my goal on that end. And yeah, deal flow. You know, if I had a nickel for every time I was solicited or any of my athlete friends are solicited, it's unbelievable. So it, it goes that way and they can also invest. We could test products. We can look at things with something specific to that world in their world. I mean, it's just a quick way to sum things up. This past weekend I was over in Boston at the uh, MIT Sloan Data Analytics Conference, or Sports Data Analytics Conference. And we actually had a whole panel on this future investing, future of investing in sports conversation. Mm. And um, it was pretty interesting. There was uh, 
um, you know, the guys who had, you know, first invested in, um, uh, you know, all the fantasy football stuff and, and stats so, inc guys. Yeah. Probably, that's yeah. another question is like, okay, esports and you know, all this analytics stuff and what are we doing? And so the Dodgers were there, uh, Cole was there from, from, um, Guggenheim and all that stuff. So, but it was interesting because what they actually said was there's a ton of angel stuff going on, right? There's everybody who wants, you know, get in early and early money. And there's some really large stuff like Guggenheim, for example, and other kind of big, big funds. But there's actually a big gap right in that A and B round type of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so that's really kind of, I think, where we're going to focus in our next phase and see if we can't, you know, take all that deal flow, you know, take that cream that's the top, marry it with the right people um, and kind of, you know, invest in that next, you know, A and B side. So you said you don't want to have any assholes in the house. Tell us about the house because the house to me is a very unique proposition for what you guys have going. Um, when I came to meet with you guys and Chris Cooper, I thought I was going to some sort <laughs> of like unit B in a random sort of yeah, East Boulder uh, office park, but it's not that at all. It's crazy. It's like, it's like the it's like the best place for an athlete to test. I mean, there's it, it's it's almost like a it's like a dream come true over there. Yeah, we're still building it out. It's pretty neat. So basically, think of it as almost like four parts to the you know, the co-op, right? So it is. It's in a warehouse, twenty thousand square feet, and so we have your typical. You know, high tech hub where we have meetings and people, you know, high tables and whatever, get stuff done. We also have a sports performance lab as turf and Olympic lifting equipment and also force plates in the ground and high speed camera systems to measure knee angle. And, and this is really high end stuff that's used a lot of times in research at university. And, but now we can apply it to, you know, public or even, so for example, I spoke with um, a little while back, uh, the guys over at uh, New Balance who just launched their new watch. And in order to test what they were doing, they had to try to go to all these different universities and all these little horrible labs. And if he had known about, of course, Black Ops Sports, he was like, our next one's going to be there. Um, and then we have, uh, we have the other whole part of it. We actually are building out a digital media lab. Um, we're, we're making a collaboration between some of the best producers. Actually, it's a partnership with, with a guy named Dallas Barber uh, here in Colorado. But he does all the shoots, a ton of shoots for Nike and his Under Armour, uh, he just did a thing with uh, the NFL as well. So kind of bringing in some of the best collaborative, you know, dynamic content people to be able to then create content there. And then our distribution center. So it's a warehouse that we literally then connect into all these big channels and we can ship literally right out the back door. So you're right, when you get there, you can kind of learn all about any part of the business. Yeah. And you can also, um, you know, from a co-op perspective, we have uh, actually another tech stars company there right now, Eden. Uh, who rented some space from us, uh, and they're not one of our uh, portfolios, but um, they were just on Shark Tank. And yeah. so they had to launch, you know, of course, sales went up, and so they're like, well, we've got to make our first thousand units, right? And where do you do that? Yeah. You know, do you do that in China if it's not, you know? And more, that's all of that, the in your testing, right. the creating content, the creating related content, the marketing, the all of that. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs who who weren't raised to be entrepreneurs, they were like Justin in a completely different profession. To see all that in one place and realize that it could be accessible and it's it's right exactly. there probably does a, a whole lot. I think a lot of aspiring sort of born and raised uh, startup kids that we see now 
have no problem imagining that there must be a turf field around the corner that they could use. <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of other people must walk in there and say, oh, okay, so you're prepared to do all of this stuff that I need, like, right here, right now. Yeah. Not only that, I think what makes us unique and kind of gives us, to me, our edge is, is the fact that we have a distribution center. The fact that we have... You don't understand how hard it is to open up those lines, those retail, those channels of distribution. They're insane, especially with physical goods. And, you know, to really have a company come in and go, well, we could ship you today if so, if if need be. Now, you can go out on your own and try that. And let's say a Dick's Sporting Goods wants to test you. Well, you have fun creating that EDI and all that kind of stuff that has to go into the shipping and the process. That'll be a good year out of your out of your pocketbook right there. And so we've, we're already fixed to do that. And Iceblack continues to open up new channels of retail for us over and over. And then what's cool about the retail partners, they see us for what we are at Black Lab Sports. So they see the relationship there. They see what the value that we're going to bring to them. So that they want to keep it that way. And that's important. And I think that's a good, that's a good value add on our part. Are you guys doing some of the manufacturing locally as well? Or is that kind of we're, depends on the product? Yeah. Um, so all of... Uh, all of Ice Black stuff's manufactured in the U.S. Yeah, um, mostly in L.A. Yeah. and Midwest areas, assembled in L.A. and then shipped back to us. Uh, Eden stuff's mostly done here, actually in Colorado, because it's all kind of micro right now. Um, our other company, Onyx, is actually doing most of the uh, manufacturing in China, and then final assembly here, just some of the uniqueness stuff. So we're kind of we want to be able to have actually the breadth of everything right we want to be able to say hey what's the problem right how are we going to best breed for best of breed but i love everything to be in colorado yeah i would but i mean i think right now we're not there yet so we're got to make sure we understand what's the best for the business so last question for me is around as you guys are sourcing deals we know what the who is what is the what like are you guys pretty open to do you want these things to be sort of athlete oriented or, or are we also looking at some things that may be conceived by an athlete, but maybe not related to sports at all. I think phase three is about staying close what to- What phase are we in right now? Uh, sorry, we're, we just finished phase two. Got so it. moving into phase three. Got it. Next phase. From next phase. Yep. Is um, staying around the, the, the sports and wellness fitness area, but probably moving away from just pure physical goods. Looking at media, looking at tech, looking at some of those. Um, and- and even not just things that are really young. You know, uh, there's actually some great brands out there that are struggling. The question is, what does that mean in the future? Are they going away? Um, or are yep. they going to be acquired? Or Like you said, there's, if there's a lot of money to get things off the ground, but not necessarily growth money. Um, mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. And then, I mean, you know, one thing we keep running into is just data. You know, data, 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 especially in the sports world. You know, just talking to JP, like in the tech world, the analytics and data is like so massive. I think they're just scratching the surface when coming over into the sports world. So there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a big deal right there, you know. And I think it's important to have baseline data for everything. I mean, someday your kids will be five years old and it's going to be like an SAT when he, he runs around some course. And they're going to be like, well, sorry, little Johnny's not going to make it this well, that, time. Yeah, and that's a good check, reason. Check back with us at 10. <laughs> that's know? a good reason to be in Boulder, too, because a lot of the data-rich sports are the ones that are in Boulder. A lot of those endurance sports, they, yeah. they're, they're the people who are the deepest in utilizing performance analytics and athlete you know, um, data and mm -hmm. outputs. Yeah, that's a pretty strategic 
yeah. to be for that. I mean, it all comes down to people, you know, it's about picking that right horse. And, you know, I think JP, you say it, it's people market product. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want doers and thinkers in the space and not doesn't necessarily need to be the athlete, athlete of that specific, but it's gotta be someone with vast knowledge in the space, you know, that really knows what's going on. Yeah. How do people get in touch with you guys? What's next for you guys? What are you guys, are you guys looking for to meet more entrepreneurs? You guys raising money? What's the... You know, if you've got a business in the sports space, we'd love to hear about it. We're, we're really interested in that. Um, I would say, you know, we, we love to be constant learners and beginners. We're not, you know, we don't try to like over celebrate ourselves. Uh, this next phase, I was talking about our phase three is, yeah, we're, we're looking at doing another raise uh, around a fund and, and we'll be a lot more clear about that in the next two or three weeks. Uh, we've been talking to some, you know, again, I'm, I love talking to people who've been there, done that, and then figuring out how to do it differently um, based on the timing. So, so I think we'll have some more direction around that to be able to share, but um, we're excited about it. I mean, it's a fun space. I think we'd love to, you know, if you're interested in, in Black Ops Sports to come by and check it out, come get a quick tour. Or I recommend that for everybody. It's uh, it's a fun place. I mean, the other cool thing is it, it's got a great vibe. I mean, it's got a feeling and energy in there um, when you come in there that um, I think gets pretty um, pretty addictive. And it's different. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to see that in no, a lot of other I places. I think that's what I love about the model. I mean, yeah, we got a sports science lab and gym, but, like, we don't have a gym. Does that make sense? Like, I've yeah. seen so many guys be like, hey, I'm going to have a sports performance center. I'm like, great. Good for you. You know, we got a sports science lab that, yeah, you can train, you can get rehab, but you test products, it's different. You know, it's, it's, but we need to have that extension of us, you know, to really test the things. And then when we finish our media lab, we can push a lot of content right then and there. I mean, it's just, that's going to be really, really cool when that's done. Yeah, it's an awesome space. And how do they get in touch with you guys? Well, call me on my cell. Great. Yeah. That's no problem. <laughs> Blackopsports.com, JP at Blackopsports. Dot com or yeah justin at blacklabsports.com or just email blacklabsports awesome yeah thanks for coming Thank on we appreciate, appreciate it thanks very, for having cool. It. very cool thanks for listening to turnpikers recorded at postmodern company in downtown denver more information on this show is available at turnpikers.com and at turnpikers on twitter reach out with questions and recommend future guests